Philippians chapter number 2 this morning. Philippians chapter number 2. And we're going to begin reading verse number 12. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. We see each day how the world that we live in is so very sinful, getting increasingly more so that way. It's crooked, it's perverse, it's not just our own nation, but the whole world is getting that way. Crooked means it's warped, it's not straight. Perverse means it's morally corrupt, we know that to be the case. Sadly, that crookedness and perversity are on constant display in the things that we see happen on a daily basis. You don't have to turn on the news very, very long to understand what I'm talking about. Standards of decency that once were have been lowered or entirely wiped out by those who hate God. They hate the Lord Jesus Christ and they hate those of us who truly believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and and are choosing to try to follow Him closely with our life. So how are we as believers in Christ supposed to live in such a sinful world? Now, in the first two messages on living in a sinful world, we saw Christ is our example. And sadly, many who profess Christ seem to have little interest in living as they should. They're just kind of satisfied with being pressed into the mold of the world. It ought not to be that way, but sadly it is that way. Uh, rather than being transformed by the renewing of their minds that they might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for their lives, they just go right along with the world and live as the world would press them into that mold. Now what does the Bible say here in our text about how we should live as believers? And now let's see the, the believer's duty this morning. Uh, and of course, there in verse number 12, he starts off by looking at those previous verses when he says, wherefore, this is connected, shows it's connected to what we're talking about. And all of this has to do with our living our lives as we ought to uh, and as the Christ would have us to, to have the mind of Christ. It says there in verse 12, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The um, first thing we want to see here is that we have a duty to work out what God is working in us. Have a duty to work out what God is working in us. We need to recognize God's working in our lives and yield to His control. 
And God works through us. The more that we're in His Word and hearing Him, and as He speaks to our spirit through the Word of God, the more that we're going to recognize God's working in our lives. Now, understand none of us are finished products yet, but if we're saved, there ought to be some evidence of God working in your life. I mean, if you, if you claim to be a believer, people ought to be able to look at you and know that you're at least a little bit different than the rest of the world. We are to put into practice in our daily living that which God has worked in us by His Holy Spirit. He's changed our life, has He not? We are new creatures in Christ Jesus, and now His Spirit's living within. And verse 13 here says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, uh, what is that work that he works in us? Well, we know that we've been predestined to be conformed to the very image of Christ. That's part of how he works in us. He works to conform us more and more into the likeness of his own dear son, our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. That's the goal. Amen? The goal for each of us is to be more like Christ. It's to actually be like Christ. Now, none of us are exactly like Christ. And as long as we're here, we're going to still fall short. One of these days, praise the Lord, we're going to be standing before God and we will have, the process will be completed. He will complete it. He will complete that work that He has started in us. And we will be conformed. But until that day, Romans 8.29 says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And 2 Corinthians 3.18 tells us, says, But we are all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image, the glory of the Lord, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So God's Spirit helps us in that process of transforming our lives into that and conforming our lives not to the world, but conforming it to Christ. Another thing is we've been commanded to put off the old man and to put on the new man. The goal is to be conformed. Uh, The process is putting off the old man, putting on the new man. Ephesians 4, verse 21. Look at, look at Ephesians chapter 4. Just a, just a few pages there uh, from where you're at. Just back, back uh, just a page or two in, in my Bible. But uh, Ephesians 4, verse number 21. Look at what it says here. Ephesians 4, 21. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus... That you put off, there it is, that you put off the former conversation, the old man. That word conversation is more than just our talk. It's our behavior, okay? Put off that former behavior, the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Nobody has to tell us that, right? We knew it was corrupt. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So put off the old man, put on the new man. Another thing is we've been instructed to work out our salvation with fear 
and trembling. That's the Lord's words here, uh, Paul's words through under the inspiration of Scripture there in the latter part of verse 12. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, that is, uh, with a complete trust in God and not in ourselves, okay? It's uh, the only way that we can work out the salvation that God has worked in us is through God who enables us to do it, amen? We can't do it on our own. The Lord is working in us, and he enables us to work that out. Both divine enablement and human responsibility are involved in getting God's work done. We are partners with God, laboring together with him. Now, the word worketh there in verse 13 uh, means it energizes or provides enablement. God makes those who belong to him both desirous and willing to do his work. So we have a duty to work out what God is working in us. Second thing we see here is we have a duty to watch our testimony. We have a duty to watch our testimony. How many of you realize that folks are, are watching us as believers? They most certainly are. They, they, they are. Our lives are on display to a crooked and perverse nation. We should not be guilty of uh, things which do not bring honor and glory to God. Um, let's notice a few things that he talks about here with regard to our testimony. <clears throat> he says in verse 14, he says, do all things without murmurings and disputings. Well, we're, we're to do all things without murmurings. What does that mean? Uh, and when he says do all things, all means all, and that's all that all means. Amen. Uh, do all things, not some things or certain things, but do all things without murmurings and disputings. How we respond to situations we find ourselves in says much about who we are and who we live for. When he says do all things without murmuring, that word murmuring mean, meaning grumbling or complaining. Uh, we're not to have a murmuring, a grumbling or complaining spirit. A grumbling in one's soul, if not dealt with, will spill out to a murmuring of the mouth and eventually to a murmuring or complaining in an open forum. Um, you ever seen somebody you didn't like to be around because they were always complaining, always murmuring about something? So complaining usually stems from bitterness. We find this in the book of Job, chapter number 7, verse 11, as Job said, Therefore I will not refrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. He began to, to complain of, about what was happening in his life uh, because uh, he, he got bitter about what was happening there. If we're not careful, we will find ourselves critically complaining when the tide of life is, is in or out, complaining can become, uh, can, can quickly become a way of life. When we think back to the Israelites, as they were delivered by the Lord uh, through Moses from uh, Egypt, remember as they came out and the Lord led them across the wilderness to the promised land, 
There they were on the verge of going into the promised land. All they had to do was be obedient to the Lord and the Lord to make sure that they got in. <clears throat> but we know that what happened was there was some murmuring that caused them to not believe the Lord. Numbers 14, 27. Uh, Moses, he said, How long shall I bear this evil uh, with, with this evil congregation which murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel which they murmur against me. That was the Lord. They were murmuring against the Lord. Murmuring against Him. Complaining can seal the direction of life. In Numbers 14 and verse 36 and 37 it says, And the men which Moses sent to search the land who returned and made all the congregation murmur against him by bringing up a slander upon the land. Even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. You know, complaining can take us in places where we don't want to go. And I'm sure when those guys were complaining, they didn't have any idea what it was going to wind up being in their life. But listen, how we respond to people and situations provides us with opportunities of either promoting the Lord or diminishing the Lord. Promoting or diminishing the gospel. Amen? So we're to do things, do all things without murmuring. We're to do all things without disputings. Now, uh, disputings means uh, getting into uh, argument. It's talking about a, an arguing debate. How we respond will lead to how we react. Complaining has the tendency to lead to arguing. Between stimulus and response is the choice of how to react or act. When things happen to us, we get to choose how am I going to react to this. And sadly, many times folks react in the wrong way. Arguing stems from pride and selfishness. And when someone wants to prove their, themselves as being right, they usually wind up in an argument. Um, remember what Paul said in verses 2 through 8 of this chapter that we, we spent two weeks taking a look at the first, um, the first 11 verses. In verses 2 through 8, we, we saw that he was wanting them to be of a like mind, and that mind being the mind of Christ. And we need to keep that in mind ourselves. It's not about us, it's about the Lord. Amen? Arguing, even when we are right, usually proves nothing other than our own selfishness. Job said in Job 6.25, he says, How forcible are right words, but what doth your arguing reprove? He was talking to the friends, the so-called friends that were trying to tell Job that he needed to look in the mirror. The problem was him. To tell him that he had some things, obviously, that must be wrong with his life. And he says, what, what, and they were arguing with him, but their arguing was not proving that that was what, what they were saying was true. As believers, we're to cast down things that lead to arguments. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-5 through 5 tells us, Although we walk in the flesh, we are, do not war after the flesh. 
For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You know, if we allow the Lord to, uh, to guard our thoughts, uh, we're going to have a better opportunity of making sure our words are right. Sometimes we just need to learn to agree to disagree in an agreeable manner. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes we just need to learn to agree to disagree in an agreeable manner. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. You know, sometimes how we come across um, is more important than what we are getting, trying to, to, to say. Uh, we can come across in the wrong way and stir up anger. Our aim should be to do all things without complaining or arguing. Why? So that we might glorify God with our lives. That the aim is to glorify the Lord in all that we do. Remember 1 Corinthians 10, 31. And whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Well, the verses just after that verse says, Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. And Paul said, Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. And the Apostle Paul, when he went about, he was very mindful of how he was coming across. He was, his goal was to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ in his life and to see that others came to know the Lord, that, that he might lift up Jesus. He wasn't interested in lifting himself up. And he was uh, lifting up Jesus so that Jesus could be glorified. The greater aim is to do all things such that others might see Jesus in us so that it might eventually lead to their salvation if they're not saved. Amen? I mean, we, we ought to want to, to see the lost come to know the Lord. This is a, does not mean that we can't clearly state our case on an issue, but we don't need to be drawn into debate and arguing, especially among ourselves as believers, because it doesn't, it doesn't promote uh, what Christ would have us promote. So we are to be, what he says, do all things without murmuring and disputing. There, verse 14. Look back at verse 15. You do that, it says, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke. We are to be blameless. According to verse 15 there, that the word means irreproachable or above reproach. Now, we're not talking about sinless perfection here. We are to live in such a way that those who are without Christ cannot rightfully point an accusing finger at us. Now, they're not going to like Christ in us, and they're going to have a problem with us. doesn't mean they're not going to point fingers, but don't let them point a finger rightfully uh, in something that uh, is dishonoring to the Lord. We're to be blameless. We're to be harmless. Uh, the word means uh, innocent, unmixed, 
Uh, It's a word that was used of wine when it had not been diluted and of a metal which had not been weakened in any way. In other words, we're not to be partakers of the wickedness around us in any way. I like the way Paul puts it in Ephesians 5 and verse number 11. He says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Have no fellowship means have no partnership. Don't partner with evil, with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Let the light bring it, uh, uh, to show, shine upon it to show what it truly is. 1 Thessalonians 5.22, Paul said, Abstain from all appearance of evil. Now that would keep us uh, with a better testimony if we would uh, allow ourselves to do that. Say, you know, this might not look right, so I'm not going to be involved in it. I know uh, I, I try to try to watch myself uh, when I'm out in the public. Um, if I have car issues going on um, and something something's happening, you, you know, I refuse to pull into a liquor store to turn around. And that all has to do with uh, with the with appearances. Um, uh, you you got to be mindful of what do you look like? What do, how do, how is it going to be uh, seen by someone? You, uh, you abstain from all appearance of evil. Proverbs four verse fourteen to fifteen tells us to enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. How many different ways can you say, hey, you don't have any, you don't, you don't have any business uh, being a part of that? You know, I mean, he, he says avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it and pass away. Um, that's pretty, pretty plain and simple, isn't it? So we're to be blameless, we're to be harmless, and then he said we're to be the sons of God without rebuke there in verse 15 also. I'm glad that we who are saved are the sons of God in our relationship. Amen. Thank God for that. 1 John 3, 2. But now, beloved, now are we the sons of God. Right now, we're the sons of God. But listen, there is so much more to being a son of God than just our relationship. As sons of God, we are to bear the family resemblance. Amen. That's, that's really what it meant by being uh, a son, that you bore the family resemblance of one. And we are to bear the resemblance of, of the Father so others can see that we are the sons of God. Now the words without rebuke mean unblameable. We're not just to be the sons of God, but we're to be good sons. Um, we are to glorify the Father. I remember as a little boy going out with my dad and uh, people would, would brag on me and my, and my brothers and look at my dad and see what it did for him. It gave him the big head. Okay? Hey, you could see him light up. Every time someone would brag on, on us and the hearing of my earthly father, and it just really, um, you know, he, he, he really liked that. And listen, every time someone brags on my children in my presence or my grandchildren in my presence, it, it makes me just praise the Lord. Gives me the big head too, okay? Um, we should be worthy 
of someone bragging on us in the presence of our Heavenly Father. We, we, we ought to be. Even when the, the ones doing the bragging don't consider it bragging, you know, sometimes people can make a remark at you and they think it's a curt remark and that they're cutting you down and what they're really doing is they're showing that you're, doing, you're, you're being what you're supposed to be for the Lord. Then we see there in verse 15, we're to shine as lights in the world. And I'm just going to touch on this because we're, uh, th- this leads to the, the verses right after this that we're going to be dealing with next week. But uh, when, when it says we're to shine as lights in the world, that means we're to, we, we, we have to be different from the world. <laughs> Does the world shine any light? It has no light to shine. Okay? Look at Matthew chapter number 5. Matthew chapter number 5. Jesus talked about this very thing of shining as lights. Here in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 verse number 14. He's teaching His disciples here and He says in verse number 14, Matthew 5.14, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. I mean, light is is for someone's benefit in it. It just is. Um, look, Look at what it says. He said, verse 16, Let your light... So shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now listen, if, if we're living in darkness ourselves, we're not going to be shining. You talk about, you know, you don't hide things under a bushel. Sadly, uh, you know, our light can be hid under a bushel of sin, a bushel of worldliness, a bushel of, you fill in the blank. Amen. The, the wrong things. We're, we're, to, we're to have our light shining. And uh, Paul put it this way in Ephesians 5.8. He says, For ye were sometimes darkness. And we, all of us that are saved, we know that we were darkness. So well, ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Look at 1 John chapter 1. <clears throat> And then we'll wrap this up. Okay? First John chapter 1. Verse Look at verse 5 through 7 here. First John 1, verse number 5. He says, This then is the message which ye have we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. Let me just pause there. That means if we're the sons of God, we're going to be like God, what are we supposed to do? Not having any darkness, amen? We're to be showing forth light. Look at verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all 
sin. Amen. What a what a blessing. Listen, you know, we're going to drive a peg there. We're going to come back and we're going to talk more about what the Lord would have us to do, what as our 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 duty as believers. But we'll come back and see there's more that God would have us to do in the midst of this crooked and perverse nation. But let me ask in closing here, how are you doing so far? We have a duty to work out what God is working in us. Has God worked His salvation in your life? If not, why don't you come this morning and let us show you how God can do a work in your heart that you'll never regret. Amen? God wants to do a work in your heart. But if God has worked His salvation in your heart, are you working it out? Is it, are, are you allowing God to work in your life to such an extent that what's on the inside is working to the outside? We've been predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. Can you see that process taking place in your life? Are you more like Christ today than you were this time a year ago? Yeah, That's a good thing to do from time to time. Evaluate. How, how, how much am I growing in the Lord? We've been commanded to put off the old man, to put on the new man. Are we continuing to do that? We've been instructed to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We don't work for our salvation, but that salvation that's inside is to work its way on the outside that others can see and glorify our Father which is in heaven. We've got a duty to watch our Christian testimony doing thing, all things without murmurings and disputings, being blameless and harmless, we're to be the sons of God without rebuke, and we're to shine as lights in the world. If there's some area that you need to work on, why don't you go to the Lord in prayer as we go into the invitation here in just a moment, as the music will be playing with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Uh, talk to the Lord and ask the Lord, to help you uh, in the process. You know, he's the one that, that is doing that. He's the one that is working in our life. But we are to do our part in helping it to work out on its way to the outside. Let's pray. Father.